I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is an episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Great fingers. Final game of the 2023-2024 season. We said coming in, or I said coming in, you were kind of wishy-washy on it, but I said coming in, if Antonio Pierce wants this job, he needs to not only beat Denver, but beat them convincingly. The Denver Broncos come into Las Vegas, get their dicks kicked in for the eighth straight time. Four consecutive, count them, one, two, three, four consecutive seasons where the Donkeys have been unable to defeat the Las Vegas Raiders. They fall in the final game, week 18, 27-14. AP now goes to five and four into the offseason as he looks to become the main and forever head coach of the Raiders. Um, How about that for it was, it, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice game, a nice victory. You can tell surprisingly, I think uh, Denver showed it a little, showed a little more fight than I thought they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, kudos to them for showing up and being ready to play. But um, we were, I mean, Farmer, man, he had a good, really good game. He had a really good game on third down. Uh, especially um, and uh, a game like this where you're going against a team that's actually looking to play hard and, and, and win the game uh, and you, you beat them you know, by multiple scores. I think it, uh, it bodes well for AP. Uh, we'll end this season eight and nine. I still think we should be nine and nine. That Chargers ass kicking should count as two. My humble opinion. If it's that bad, it should count as two wins, but. That's a story for another day. Uh, we're looking at around the 13th pick-ish in the draft. Still some things have to pan out before we'll know that for sure. Um, well, plenty of time to get into what the future holds. But uh, really nice game plan um, on all sides of the ball. Defense played great. And if I'm and if I'm Antonio Pierce, the biggest thing I'm saying is this is yet another game where zero is the apropos number. Zero turnovers committed. Zero penalties. And when you look at coaches like the Antonio Pierce's, like the motivational guys, the players coach, you think, all right, well, that's great. They play hard for him. But on the flip side, they can be not as disciplined, you know, because they're, they don't, they don't fear their coach. He's like a buddy, you know, they're not, you need, you need players walking on eggshells a little bit, you know, you can throw that out the window. AP has this, this is the most disciplined Raiders team of my, I'm 40 years old. This is the most disciplined Raiders team of my lifetime. Speaking of walking on eggshells, I'm like watching this dude right here because mm-hmm. this guy's up to no good. He's, he's trying to sneak into my. He's trying to sneak into my closet. He knows the season's over, and so he's yeah. like, "All right, what am I going to do now that I'm bored?" He likes to jump. He likes to sneak into the closet, and he'll pull all my pants and all my shirts down, and he'll just like make a pile and sleep on it. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on that fool. Do it. It's 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 interesting to 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 see it. It's it's great to preach it, right? Be, yeah. be be disciplined, you know this and that, right? And I think part of the, the the quickness and the speed that this defense is playing with is um 
maybe a little bit of a, a difference in, 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 um, in a feeling towards film study. From what we from what we heard and what we were led to believe, the film studies with Josh McDaniels were brutal. Yeah. They were long as hell, and it was just you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're in the, you're doing this wrong. Whereas from what I'm hearing, when it's more of like the AP style, it's like look at these tendencies. This is where you could take advantage of them and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a twist as a uh, instead of here's where you messed up as opposed to here's where you can succeed, and when you watch that film and with, with that in mind, you're going to pick up things. Uh, you're going to pick up tendencies and you're going to be able to play fast without having to second guess yourself. When someone's constantly telling you what you're doing wrong, you're, you're afraid to make mistakes as opposed to trusting what you see and then going and playing hard. Matt Millen said it quite a few times in the broadcast. This guy plays fast. He trusts his eyes. He was talking about a Broncos player, but you can say that about pretty much the entire Raiders defense after, um, after AP took over. So um, I think that's another key thing to look at when you're looking at um, how to move forward uh, with with a with a head coach. Uh, so I'm walking. I walked from. So the reason we moved to the street in Huntington Beach is because I'm across the street from my in-laws, and so it's eating eggs. It's freezing outside, and it's cold. Really windy. So like I walked and like ran to a neighbor and like talked for like three minutes before I came over here. So my nose is all red and I'm. I like I was like almost froze off. That's why. Uh, but yeah, um, th- these are all the pieces that we were looking for out of Antonio Pierce that he's going to have to lean on because he's not, you know, an offensive guru, defensive guru, not the big name, all these things. And so when he goes into that um, into that meeting with Mark Davis to try to be the permanent head coach, that's going to be like the biggest thing he hangs his hat on is these guys play hard for me. I'm a leader of men, and it's not just a slogan. Um, it's the players are saying it, the stats back it up. I went five and four, you know, nothing, nothing special. Like I didn't get you to the playoffs. I, we lost a couple winnable games that we could have, could have had, um, got really beat up just one time, but he went, uh, four and one in the division, division three, four and one Broncos yeah. chiefs chargers three and one, three and one. He only played, he played the second half or right? yeah. he played the chiefs twice. Chiefs twice but, lost. Yeah, three, uh, three and one in the division. Uh, multiple games with zero turnovers. Multiple games with zero penalties. Least penalized team in football when he took over. Best scoring defense in football when he took over. He's like, yeah, and I was taking over an offense that had a thirty-three million dollar Jimmy Garoppolo that wasn't worth it. A fourth-round rookie quarterback that wasn't ready for the to start in the situation, um, and a, a a team that was poisoned from Josh McDaniels. And I still got us to eight and nine. I have a winning record. And it's a disciplined team that still loves me. Like that's, I think, you know, if I'm sitting down with Mark Davis, I think that's what I'm hanging my hat on is the the results, how I got there and what I had to overcome. You know, from what I understand, Mark Davis is a history buff. He likes history. Okay. So I would say, you know what? Back in Raiders time, in, 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 in the old Raider times, there was a coach who was a defensive coordinator in college. And then he became a linebacker coach for us for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And a head-scratching move, your father hired this man as a head coach. He was young. He was brash. He was out there. The players loved him. He wasn't considered an offensive guy or a defensive guy. He was just a head coach who liked to motivate. That man's name is John Madden. Mm-hmm. The exact same path that AP is looking to take. I think that it can work if he becomes a little bit more 
involved in the game planning as opposed as opposed to uh, what he wants to have done. Yeah. I don't know that being a defensive guy, he wants a rookie quarterback throwing 46 times, right? Uh so I think that maybe the games have gotten away from him a little bit. And when they have, we haven't had the offensive output that we wanted. But maybe him having his own guys, having, you know, bringing in some guys offensively that he trusts, um, it can work. I I see, I kind of put my little helmet on, right? And put my my my, my seed into the future helmet. Normally yeah. I have to drink mescal to see into the future. But I'm thinking that Harbaugh is playing these like Washington Chargers Raiders against each other. And it's like, look, man, just like you said about if there's multiple teams going after the first round pick to trade up, drives the price up, cut cut your losses, right? Cut yep. your losses and go with what you know. And at that point, I don't want to lose any coaches that I want to keep on my staff, right? I want to make sure that I keep them tied up. So let me go with a guy that I'm comfortable with, that I think can do a good job, and uh, we go from there. Rory Jacks, thank you for the super chat. Usually the first guy to pop in with the super chaps. Soups, loves you. Farva played good, but still believe he is a decent backup and not our starter. I hope we upgrade this position. What do you guys think? Uh, I think we are absolutely idiots if we don't upgrade this position. Um, the great Matt Holder from Tape Don't Lie was our guest this last week. And he's like, yeah, I think we should, you know, roll it ahead with Farva. And uh, I couldn't disagree more. Um, if this, this was arguably his best NFL game, Farva's, arguably. And still, it wasn't anything spectacular. 20 of 31, 244 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He took two sacks with a rating of 110. Um, if... Like, that's kind of his ceiling this season, and that's not what we want to roll with. Now, quarterback is so important that unless you've got a franchise quarterback, unless you have Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, like, unless you have your, like, there's zero question you have a franchise quarterback, you should not be going into a season or coming out of an offseason with, like, well, I think we kind of got our guy. You do multiple things to up your odds. Could Farvin be a starter one day? Maybe. But no. Um, like I said, we're roughly at around like 13th picking. That striking distance to get one of those top four or five rookie quarterbacks might have to pay something. Again, Soto and I disagree a little bit. He's more of a, if you got your guy, you go get him no matter what. I'm more of, let's, well, let's I didn't say no matter what, you pay a go, the going rate for him. You don't go, you know, get stupid. I'm a bargain shopper, right? So if I can get, if I can pay... It's hard to find good good quarterbacks in the bargain bin, man. No, I'm not saying the bargain bin. I'm saying, like, instead of, you know, like, would we all like the first overall? Sure. Are we going to pay three first-rounders and Max Crosby to get them? I, I, I'm not going to. But if we can get Jaden Daniels at, like, nine. He ain't making it past six, bro. Or uh, right no, now. First and something, right? Like, I kinda, down right now. He's not making it past six. Well, we'll see. Like, you know, Penix's stock. Went real high. We'll see what happens with Knicks. Like, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee. Like, he could be as high as the third guy drafted or as low as the fifth quarterback drafted, right? So it all kind of depends on on how things go moving forward. So uh short, long answer to a short question. Um, we definitely have to upgrade that quarterback, uh, despite how good Farva played today. So let's take a look. AFC. All right. These are playoff teams. Baltimore first round quarterback. Miami first round quarterback, KC first round quarterback, Houston first round quarterback, 
Cleveland first round. They have two first round quarterbacks. They had Watson, and then they they, they have a uh, what's his face, old dude. What's his name? Flacco. Flacco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has a first round quarterback. Pittsburgh has a first round quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Uh, is um, Kenny Pickett? Is he done? Uh, well, he's he coming back for the playoffs. I think. I think they. Let's say it's Mason Rudolph. So he's like a fourth round quarterback. Okay. Yeah. So six out of the seven playoff teams have first round quarterbacks. All right. Let's take a look at the NFC. This is where it gets funky because there's a lot of non first round quarterbacks here. So you have San Francisco's got the last pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, that's not one. Dallas has a fourth round quarterback. Detroit has a first round quarterback. Tampa Bay has a first round quarterback. Philly has a first round quarterback. The Rams have a first round quarterback. And Green Bay has a first round quarterback. And so the three 12... first round quarterbacks weren't drafted by their team. They still like. It's but like the thing is, but here, here's the thing: it may take a player a little bit longer to develop, but they have the skills that they were deemed to be a high round draft pick. So yeah. we're looking at twelve, maybe eleven, twelve out of the fourteen teams that are in the playoffs have first round quarterbacks. The issue that we're seeing, the reason why Farva was not a first round quarterback. Now here's the thing: I had, I'm convinced that if Farva had come out after his junior season, let's say he had gotten the, the, the starting job as a sophomore and he played his sophomore year and then he had that breakout junior year, if he came out after that junior season, he balled out. He probably would have been a, first, a late first, maybe a second round pick, okay, mm-hmm. for how good he played. He kind of got lost in the wash because of his senior season, but he still has some skills. The reason why he wasn't a higher pick, even though he put up good numbers in college, is he lacks some basic skills that quarterbacks in the modern NFL need. He can't make off-schedule plays because he can't move. He can't pick up first downs with his legs. It's it's a huge issue that we have at quarterback that it, it's it, that this that is what kept Farva from being a first or second round pick is his yeah. lack of mobility. If he had that. With his smarts and his arm and all that, he would have. I think his arm is a little bit better than what Matt said it was. He's, he'd call it a, a lip uh, pool noodle. I don't, arm. I don't know if it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Um, but the lack of mobility is the most concerning thing about Farva. And in this NFL, you need to have a more dynamic player at the position. You see it in the stats, you see it in where the quarterbacks who are on winning teams. Uh, where they were drafted and where they were seen and the tools they had coming out of college. It's a big issue that we have going on right now. And it's something that we need to address in this draft. Uh, two more things too on that. I'm with you hundred percent. I would also add, I think also the reason why first round quarterbacks are part of all these playoff teams is that first round quarterbacks get second, third, fourth, fifth chances in the NFL too, you know, cause there's like a lot of guys, like you said, half the yeah, NFL. Well, they're winning. They're, they're, half, they're getting negative in the playoffs. Half the NFC quarterbacks are not with their original team. They were dumped because they didn't work out, but they get so many chances that they can perform. And to your point, like they were first rounders for a reason, right? So skills, skills are there. And with Farber, like the thing that killed his draft draft stock isn't like what who he is, it's the perceived low ceiling that he has. Like the two things that people look for, that teams look for the most in a quarterback these days are arm strength and mobility, right? His two biggest weaknesses. Because if you have those two intangibles, th- those two things that you really can't develop you either have or you don't they can develop the rest like you can learn the offense you can get smarter you can go through progressions you can get more experience right like you can 
You can build you can up. coach them up. You can coach them up how to read a defense. You can coach them up. You uh, you can call plays that maybe don't – he doesn't have to read the entire field on the play. Yeah. And you, you, you can work around that if you have the tools. If you don't have the tools, especially the arm strength and the mobility, those are really hard to get better. Uh, and, 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 and if you do get them better, they're not going to be like a huge jump. You can get a huge jump in reading defenses. You can get a huge jump in processing time. You can make jumps that way. But the physical tools, if you don't have them, you really don't have them. And that's the thing is what is Farva's ceiling? It's perceived to be pretty low because he doesn't have a howitzer as an arm and quick feet. So all the things that he does well, it's like, okay, those are things usually that raw quarterbacks develop to get better. Farva's already got those things. Like that's kind of how he got to this position. And he's 25 years old, right? So it's not like he's 21 and learning all these things. So again, um, the ceiling with Farva is yet to be seen, but it would be managerial malpractice if the Raiders or whoever the GM may be, they say, oh yeah, Farva's our guy no matter what. We're not even going to try. Well, thank you for the super chat. Sweet photo. These rumors around Mark Davis wanting to talk with Belichick scares me about the future. I, I couldn't disagree more. I'm not saying hire Belichick. I'm saying if Mark Davis who's in the midst of making one of the biggest decisions of his professional career. What to do with a Raider team that needs a GM, a head coach, an OC, and a quarterback. If he's not doing his due diligence with everybody available, he's not doing his job correctly. If he's not at least asking what's going on with Belichick and seeing what the tea leaves are reading, Who's interested in Belichick? Who isn't interested in Belichick? Where's Belichick's mindset? Does Belichick want to sell himself to the Raiders? Is he kind of stiff arming and saying, no, I don't want to go with the Raiders? Is he saying, he needs to know all these things. He needs to know what's going on with the entire landscape of coaching right now. He needs to know everything. I'm not saying hire Belichick. I'm saying he needs to talk to Belichick, talk to Belichick's reps, know what's going on. He needs to know the entire landscape of coaching right now to make this decision. It's always smart to get the most information to make uh, the best decisions. You do have a little bit of a an issue with a time crunch. You can't take too much time to make decisions because uh, you know you could lose some good assistant coaches and stuff like that, and position coaches that you don't want to lose uh, because of it. Mm-hmm. But you do need to go out there and make sure that you get. That, that's, that was part of the reason between the whole Josh McDaniels thing is getting an, enough information to make a good decision. Now, how much information was enough information? That's up to, to, to debate. But I'm not I'm not against getting more information. You're not going to get dumber talking football with Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Drafting, maybe. Maybe. But you're not going to get dumber talking football. Philo Barb 3000. Only options are Antonio Pierce and Jim Harbaugh. I mean, those are... Most obvious ones. I mean, what are the okay? I don't know what the odds are of AP or Harbaugh, but whoever the odds are, whoever the third person taken is, is like I would say probably less than ten. There's a ninety percent chance it's probably AP or Harbaugh. I honestly think that there could be a third team to swoop in and take Harbaugh. I just don't think that the Chargers are going to pay a head coach that much. So there's it's the. Uh, there's a new article out. Let me pull it out. The latest on Harbaugh. Um, 
Let me pull it up for, for you. Tony Pauline was the latest on Harbaugh. He wrote, word inside the league is that both the Raiders and the Chargers are pressing hard to make Harbaugh their head coach in 2024. There are unconfirmed rumors that both teams have put initial proposals in front of Harbaugh's team, which I'm told is being led by agent Don Yee. We already know that, who Harbaugh hired last week. There has been speculation the hiring of Yee is a sign the Raiders have the upper hand. Rumors that I've been told are completely true. Lee obviously previously represented quarterback Tom Brady. Raiders owner Mark Davis has used Tom Brady as a confidant in his decision-making. So this is the thing, though. Coach hiring season, at any point, whenever there's very high-level negotiations with millions, tens of millions, even more on the line, it is the misinformation era. It is the get something. Everyone, look, listen, listen, listen to this. I'll pick it back on RJ's point, okay? From right this second, from from when the clock hit triple zeros, most of the stuff that you hear about the Raiders is a lie. Okay, you're going to hear a lot of lies, a lot. And don't even look at it as like lies. Look at it as it was put out there for a reason. Every bit, every single piece of the information you hear about this, and we're going to cover it. And there's going to be some truths to some things. But when you hear something about a coach, if you hear a rumor about where a coach is going to go or why or what he's interested in or the backstory behind it, unless it's a fact, like Harbaugh's wife is from Las Vegas. Like that's not like misinformation. Like that's a fact. Harbaugh did coach for the Raiders for a time. Like, you know, that's a fact. He is his agent and he did represent Tom Brady. Like those are facts, right? When you say like, well, there's, he might be going to go to Vegas because of his wife is from Vegas. Those are all pieces of information that are leaked for a reason. Here's a secret about media for you, especially sports media. It's not like Pelissero is in Jim Harbaugh's dumpster, taking shredded pieces of documents and taping them together to figure out where he's going and why he was told something by somebody who told him that for a reason. It was leaked for a reason, okay? Think about that whenever you hear about rumors and reports of what coaches are or aren't thinking or what agents are or aren't thinking or what owners are or aren't thinking. Be able to separate report from, you know, Jim Harbaugh's wife is from Vegas. Like there are documented facts and there are reports. Separate those two. And when you get to the reports, ask yourself, why did someone leak this information? Do that going forward. And that's the best way to disseminate this whole upcoming offseason until we have our head coach, offensive coordinator, and GM. Yeah, exactly. There's just um, it's all it's all positioning game. It's all politicking through the media is what it is. It's just putting stuff out there and um either as misdirection and to, to use it as leverage uh, to make uh, to make a decision maker blink and, and panic and make it, you know, work in your favor. That's all that's happening right now. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to the defense. Um, Max Crosby had probably the best game you can have that doesn't appear on a box score. Uh, he only had two total tackles. Uh one sack, a tackle for loss, three quarterback hits. On the stat sheet, it was just kind of a whatever game by an NFL defensive end. But he was in the backfield every other play. That tackle, that poor Cameron Fleming that they put out there to block Max Crosby is probably still cleaning the poop out of the inside of his jock strap 
from what Max did to him. He get, he handed Tyree Wilson, Tyree Wilson sack, like on a silver platter when uh, he like rushed, like basically untouched and Stidham had to just run forward into the lap of Tyree Wilson. That was, that was, I, it's so crazy. Like I don't think you can have as dominant of a defensive performance as Max did with the numbers, not showing it. Tyree Wilson annihilated Stidham on a play. Instead mm-hmm. of already throwing the ball, to just release the ball, but oh my God. That was one of the hardest hits I've seen on a quarterback this year. His shoulder right into his chest. It was it was it was awesome. But yeah, Max, Max showed um what can happen when you have some help for him on the defensive line. Uh there are certain times where it was just not the, the team was not capable of giving the tackle help. And uh, Fleming got beat very quickly, both yeah. times. Ma- uh, Max was in the in the backfield the entire game. He was affecting run plays as well as pass plays. So it's one of those it's one of those things where you see you you see the impact of Max Crosby not just on the the opposing offense but also on the rest of your defense when the rest of the defense is playing fast and. Uh, I kind of liked Tyree playing the majority of his – I think he played all of his snaps inside. And I, I, I think it's something good to look for in the future. We talked about it in the text string. Malcolm Koontz needs to needs to get an extension immediately. We need to extend him. Uh, he, he has shown that he's a, a budding pass rushing star. Uh, the defense combined, five sacks, eight tackles for a loss, 11 quarterback hits, five passes broken up, and an interception. Um, and I, I feel like I say it after every game. This is what happens when you have a defense that's decent to go along with Max. It's, Max plays incredible. It makes everyone play better. Um, but it also all kind of comes from the pass rush and the D-line. Uh, other than two big Jerry Judy catches, the Broncos couldn't do anything offensively, really. They averaged 2.4 yards per carry on offense. Jared Stidham, 20 of 34, 272 yards, a touchdown interception. Not a bad game by uh, by a career backup. You know, semi-decent game. But it was basically those two Jerry Judy catches. He had that 47-yarder. Um, he had that touchdown. That was basically all of their 14 points. If it weren't for just two big Jerry – and Jerry Judy's a stud. We're going to have to be dealing with him for a while in the AFC West. Even, even, when, you have, even when your quarterback's Jared Stidham, he's going to eat every now and then. Um but yeah, just another just another brilliant offense uh, defensive performance. Although I think the Broncos did show the the biggest weakness of the defense is if the pass rush doesn't get there and quarterbacks have time, these DBs like I feel like Patrick Graham's whole scheme is protecting the DBs. Like ha- ha- put, get them in position for the pass like just get them in position long enough for the pass rush to get there. And if we get to that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh second, that's when things go go down. That's why those crossing routes are so bad for us. Um, just piss poor tackling by Jerry Judy on Jerry Judy's touchdown. That first yeah, that was awful. Judy. It wasn't even like he was breaking those five tackles. It was just really bad tackling. Um, that's something that's got to be worked on the most for a defense. That And now we're nitpicking, right? Defense has played so great the last half of the season ever since AP took over. Now it's like, okay, what, let's re – it's no longer let's keep trying to overhaul this bitch that can't go anywhere. It's right. We're cranking. Now let's start fine-tuning. Start fine-tuning the details. And tackling from our DBs, I think, is the number one issue right now. Well, to be fair, 
throughout the league, when you get into your sixth, seventh, second coverage, you're going to have issues. Yeah. The issue that we have is we are is the linebackers that we have aren't as dynamic um, in coverage. So what the, the Broncos did is they 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 did a lot of like uh, multi layer crossing. So they had they occupied the linebackers with short crossings, and then they had stuff behind them, uh, and that's that space that that created, and the linebackers weren't able to cover that much ground. Uh, this so they have to play a little bit closer. Uh, that created that space, and uh, I think we can play a little. We we can play a lot, a lot worse in the secondary than we have. Um, and we have, <laughs> it, yeah, we have. But th- this is what we've been talking about since Patrick Graham was hired on last season. Is this is what he wants? He he wants that hair on fire defensive front, and the guys just play, you know, a little bit more. Better. <laughs> I, I, I want to say conservative, but I'm, I don't mean conservative. I mean the opposite of conservative. Aggressive. A little, yeah, there we go. A little bit more aggressive behind them, and that's that's Liberal. where I think the biggest difference between um, uh, Antonio Pierce and Josh McDaniels, where we're like, why why are you so far back? Why are you playing these guys so far back? Uh, in the Josh McDaniels games, we're giving teams so much cushion, and. Uh, Patrick Graham doesn't want to play that way. If anyone knows Patrick Graham from his Giants days, he doesn't play like that. He's a yeah. very aggressive guy. He likes to get the safety in the box. He likes to put pressure on the defense. And you need to have a strong defensive front. And when we got guys that were able to pass rush and be, give pressure consistently, he's able to play his game, and, it, and it's worked out. Uh, Robert Spillane, what a great pickup. 12 tackles, five solo. He played absolutely lights out. This is uh, what I saw when he took over the last five games of last season. I saw more of this than what his overall stats said. And that's why I was like, I don't – I see him being better than what people are giving him credit for because I saw him play consistently towards the end of the season, and he played pretty well. And he just – I mean, he just got even better. He's the closest thing to uh, the linebacker from any given Sunday. Remember the white dude that had like uh, he had the small dick, so he wouldn't go in the showers, and he like always played Metallica. He reminds me of that, he's, like the long eye black and just. Saying like, he has a, he's got a small dick. Yeah, well, I, I can't. I, I mean, he plays like he does, you know, like little man syndrome. It's like I gotta I gotta make up for how pissed I am for my small pack. I don't know. I'm not gonna do. That. I'm not gonna go that far. I would. That's a compliment. Well, he plays hey, like a small deck. Uh, Robert Spillane, his uh, RJ Clifford, he just recently moved to Huntington Beach. And he says you have a small dick. I don't think you have a small yeah. dick. I don't and that's, think and that's the greatest all. compliment I can give an NFL linebacker. He plays with small dick energy, like he's trying to make up for something. Oof. You're welcome. Uh, Got to fix the O-line, though, Mac Bud. I mean, this was a great game by the O-line today. Phenomenal game by the O-line. Uh, we haven't even gotten to Zamir White yet, but there were some holes for Zeus to run through the day. The pass blocking was good today. Uh, the The run blocking normally isn't very good, but it was good today. Um, Zamir White, uh, what did he have? 12 carries or 25 carries for 112 yards, 4.5 yards average. There were some really well-blocked holes for him, and the pass blocking was phenomenal. Like There was there were a couple plays with uh, where there was just everyone was just covered. Like the DB, the DBs were just blanking all the other uh, receivers, and Farvo was just like, there. had time to like read a newspaper, and he's like, all right, I gotta throw this ball away. Like there were probably th- two or three passes from Farvo where he had like 
six seconds, but no one was open. So he just threw it away. This is a great game. Probably maybe the best game of the old line all season. Yeah, I, I think I think we still need some upgrades for it to be more consistent. These guys are NFL players. There's going to be times where they where they have good matchups, but we need to be able to do that against good teams mm-hmm. uh, and teams and and have it done consistently. Um, and that's where we need to upgrade. I, I think it's, he's he's dead on. We need to we need to upgrade the offensive line. You know, one good game doesn't make a season, and we were this is a pretty much the, this this was the same line that started the season when. Josh Jacobs was like two yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, so we need to we need we need some, you know, we need some upgrades there. And there's there's a lot of guys uh, that I've been seeing uh, that we could have, you know, in the, the top four rounds that probably start for us next season. The good thing is guards are one of the easiest guys to replace, and that's what we need, right? Because we'll probably have Parham move to center, and that and then Van Roten is the weak link there. Well, he's only on a one year deal anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is we'll probably need two new starting guards. And if we have to replace anybody, that's probably the easiest positions to replace on offense. Is There's a couple of guys, man. There's a couple of studs out there. There's a couple of guys that tackles, uh, one from BYU, another one from Arizona. A couple of guys that can that, that are big, huge guys that, that have can go can go push inside. Mm-hmm. There's some mid, middle round guys. Uh, what's that guy from Kansas State? BB. He's a good, he's good. I've been watching tape already, if you couldn't tell. There's a ton uh, of guys. Ton of guys. There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys that I've been seeing that uh even if there were tackles in, in college can go in there and, and they can they can do good things for us on the inside. So uh and I mean I, I still believe in uh uh in Coach Basilio on the offensive line. He's I think he's did a good good job. We had a lot of guys going in there in and out of the lineup, and uh, you know, we had pretty good pretty good uh, line play to end the season. Johnny Gomes, thank you for the super chat, buddy. What up? What is the entire stadium was chanting for AP keep the man and use those potential Harbaugh resources to keep Patrick Graham and improve the offensive staff. Here's the thing about Antonio Pierce. And I am not making a case to not hire Antonio Pierce. Don't, don't think that's what I'm doing here, but there's something you need to understand about Antonio Pierce. Don't confuse easy to root for with the correct guy for the job. Antonio Pierce is so easy to root for. He get the players love him. He gets the team jacked. Hanging out with NWA, coming out of Compton. See the only dude in the NFL as a head coach who's got stud earrings. Like he's easy to root for. He's very easy to like and root for, which is great. Which is awesome. It's not, it's not like he's fool's gold. That's that's wonderful. But don't confuse that with also the right guy for the job. Being easy to root for isn't the primary thing you want to coach. The primary thing you want to coach is a guy that can lead men, win football games, keep everything together, um, manage a staff, make great, quick game time decisions that are correct, out scheme and out coach his opponents, uh, be able to handle a an owner, be able to handle your staff, be able to handle the players. Like there's, there's a lot of things you want. Being super likable and easy to root for is awesome, wonderful quality in a coach, and clearly it's paying dividends with the team that play hard for him. But try not to confuse the two. Like, easy to root for does not always mean the right guy for the job. For sure. Um, I think that when you have the combination of the two, when you have a guy that's easy to root for, that connects to your team, that's able to motivate your team, that's able to get your team to all play to the same level of effort and speed, 
you have that plus you have a guy that you get along with, a guy that you like. It doesn't hurt. A guy you enjoy going to work with. That that matters. Like, don't forget, like this, this is also a job for people, you know? I, dude, we have a we have a mutual friend. He does loans, right? He does home loans, making a killing. Hates his life, hates his job. He regrets every second he has to go to, to work. Now he's successful by all accounts and purposes. The job is great, right? Hates every single day he goes to the office. And that affects your quality of life. And that affects who you are as an employee, man, and in this case, NFL player. So all great. Again, I'm not making a case not to hire AP. I'm just saying. Just no, because you sure. want this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I think I think AP has a little bit more of the other side as well. Yes. Um, which which I think is really kind of boosts both parts. I think each each part that he has, the on the field and off the field, I think they, they're 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 good and they kind of boost each other up. And it's not again by no means am I saying he's like a Brandon Staley where he was like a media darling where like the media loved him. And that's what bought him. Nah, he's kind of a media darling though. The media does love him, but but he's not fool's gold in that sense. No, 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 he's I, not like, like the media loves him for all the wrong reasons, but everyone loves Antonio Pierce because the players love him and he did go five and four. And we did see an actual change in this team. Um, all those elements. Uh, it was funny when we we're talking about that O line, the holes that they were making, you saw like, a couple of shots of Josh Jacobs in street clothes on the on the sideline, and you can see she's kind of like, "Where were those holes the last five years for me?" Like, that'd be that'd be nice to have. Um, do you think this is the last time we'll see Josh Jacobs on the sideline? The only reason I asked on our sideline, yeah. Well, I thought for sure when we did our show yesterday, the pre-show, I thought for sure, okay, love you, dude. Remember, we did like ten minutes on like. Is he the, our favorite running back of our generation? Is he the best Raiders running back since like Marcus Allen or Bo Jack? Like just, we're basically kind of like writing his obituary as a Raider with, you know, a tear in our eye. We're going to miss you, bud. But we just, we're just not going to pay you what the market says. I really wonder if he goes, he hits the open market and no one gives him any good offers and, and he comes back and we get him cheap. Like what's the most you would pay? Him? No, I doubt it. He's, he's, he's What's the most you would pay him? Let's say like a three-year deal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay him anything. I. I would. I. I know. I know. I can. No. 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 It's. It, look. It's not going to go down that way. That's not a fair question to ask. He's going to get more money than you want to pay him. He's going to get more. He's going to get paid. What? He's going to get paid more. It's like to say, oh well, how much would you pay? Him? I would pay him a, a, a veteran minimum. I'll pay him the vet minimum. Well, there you go. Because it's a dumb question. Because you know he's going to get more than that. Well, it's not a dumb question. I don't know what 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 is he gonna get? Like, what's because the open market's been so crappy. Like, for running backs, he'll he'll get he'll get a uh, eighty year. He, he he'll get he'll probably get like eighty year. He'll get probably like two guaranteed. He'll get like sixteen for two guaranteed. Would you would you pay him six a year? No. 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 Three years. Three years. Six mil. Maybe like 10 guaranteed. He won't go for 10 guaranteed. He'll take the 16 guaranteed. He won't okay. take it. I wonder if he'll get that. That's all I'm saying. I really wonder if that if that's going to be out there for him. There's so many young running backs coming up for pennies. How many veteran? And even like the veteran running backs that went like Christian McCaffrey is obviously the, the giant outlier, but like Dalvin Cook 
and that sign he fell on his face and now he's on the practice squad for Dalvin Cook was coming off of like reconstructive shoulder surgery. That was a little that's Josh a little Jacobs. bit different. Josh Jacobs is injured for the last three games of this season. He's had a history of injuries. Like, yeah, I get you. <laughs> but I I don't I don't think and again, I I'm generally with you that we won't see Josh Jacobs again. But if the markets it's not gonna be an easy question. I don't think it's gonna be like, oh, Josh Jacobs got his $12 million a year. Like, congratulations, we're happy for you. No way we're doing that. I, it may come down to like an actual question. Like, will we match the best offer he's getting if it's six a year, like, you know, three years, 21 or something like that. Like that's going to be a question. I think the Raiders will have, will have to answer. I don't think it's going to be a no brainer. Like we thought originally. One thing that, that he has going for him is uh, the Miles Sanders contract when Miles Sanders signed with uh, the Panthers mm-hmm. and he just didn't do anything. Uh, he signed for a very low deal from people were thinking like, wow, why, how would he sign for so cheap? He's a 1200 yard guy, whatever. Um, it's possible that we bring him back, but it's also possible that we just look, we just, why keep retreading that? If you're looking forward for the future, if you can use that money somewhere else, because you know, you can get the production from Zeus that you need, maybe not the exact same production that Josh Jacobs would give you, but Zeus would give you what you need to win. I uh, I almost want him to get a giant payday just so we don't have to have this conversation because we thought, you know, it's like when you're, um, I don't know, like you're dating a girl in college and you both go home for the summer and you're kind of like, all right, we know we're kind of breaking up, you know, like we're kind of just like over it. Um, per period, he's getting 12 to 14 million per period for some team. No, he's not. I don't think so. But that, that's, why, no that's why I'm bringing this up. Like for the longest, no there's no way. The last two seasons, I was like, no one wanted to give him twelve million. Twelve million after, before this season, no one wanted to give him $12, 14 million. No, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that. I'm just saying. I feel like to to, to finish my. Sorry, I, I was like, I saw that. And I was like, whoa, shit! I want him to be an owner and give me money. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like we've all kind of been like breaking up with him in our mind knowing that the end was coming, but I don't know if the end is quite as black and white as we originally thought, right? Like, is he, you know, if he gets the $12 million a year, it's an easy, it's very easy, right? It's like, oh, my girlfriend's moving to South Africa. Like we have to break up. But now it's like, oh, she's moving to the next county over. That's 45 minutes away. Do we have to break up for that much sacrifice? Like we have to think about it now. I think we're, I, I think it will be an off season where some, it, it will have to be thought about. I'm not saying we're keeping him for expensive. And again, with Zamir White, we've already kind of just decided he's the next guy because he's proven in the last few games. But I don't know. Rory JP, $100 super chat. My man. Great season, boys. Love you, fucks. Eight and a half. You could have just been with me the 100 bucks, jerk. Yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, um, YouTube does take a chunk of the super chats. We do have a cash app. The link is down in the description. If you guys like, and we're not going to be picky, right? Because we know you guys want the questions out there. You want your questions answered during the chat, which we're happy to do. And we will always do. Absolutely. And we get it. Um, But if you want 100% of the money going to our pocket, there's a cash app link in our description, which if you want to just like shoot us something without seeing your name or having a question asked, we can do that as well. Or 10 bucks. 10 buck cash app and they'll be able to send us a video. Yeah. Yeah. You can send us a message via cash app. You can send us uh, <laughs> ah, fucking Rory. 
<laughs> I, I'm almost positive, Roy. I've told you this. I'm well, if you show up to the podcast every once in a while, Roy, you right? know this stuff. We sent you the link to be part of the final post show of the season. Good London Raider. the one in the first zero Uh, move the decimal over two spots (laughs) oh man that's terrible lesson learned by all parties involved um what is our cash up link let me tell you let me tell you guys what it is you keep talking soto i'm gonna do some business well when you talk about the running back position Okay. Well, when we talk about the running back, when you talk about the running back position, like uh, RJ put it this way before the season started, you talk about rooms. How much are you going to allocate to the room, right? And when you're getting the production that you're getting from a fourth round running back, and you can see him being your running back of the future, you have to take a look at what you can build and where you can take and put somewhere else because you're spending less on that position. I don't know that whoever's running this team in the future is going to want to be want to spend over over four and a half to five a year cap hit. I mean, there could be some bonuses and stuff like that. You can restructure, we can structure a deal that has incentives and stuff like that. But I really do think in the future, moving forward, because of what Zamir White has shown the team, he's going to be a bigger part of the offense, regardless of who's his running mate at running back. And he should be because he's he's capable when he gives the he's given the opportunity. Uh, so that's another thing to think about too is you kind of have a rough outline of what you're going to pay for different rooms, and you know you have that room, and you could shave a little bit off by not bringing back Johnson. He's not going to make a, a veteran salary. You maybe get some guy either a, a late round pick or a. a you know, uh, an undrafted free agent, stuff like that. So you got to take over that role. So there's the different things you can do to kind of make that money. But the issue that we're running into is I don't know that, P- that he's going to be okay, that Josh Jacobs is going to be, oh, damn. I don't know that Josh Jacobs is going to be okay with getting $5 million a year guaranteed. Yeah. Is it better this way or is it better as I'm doing the x Just turn it off. Turn, Turn it off. off. It looks, okay. looks terrible. Much like said, better. I'm in, I'm in the house I'm moving out of or moving into. So we're still setting everything up. Uh, let's get to, we talked about the O-line. Um, Jimmy G getting booze. People booing him. As soon as he stepped on the field, he got booze. The second he stepped on the field. He had one drive. He missed a wide open target. He had a handoff and then took a sack. And they're like, all you right. see that freaking throw? He had to throw the ball in three months. You see that throw? It's like straight out of bounds. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Smells like his fingers still smell, though. Yeah. I wonder what, like, what, uh, what he did to his fingers. That's like, what it was. His fingers were slippery. Mm. Why, would, why would a guy named Jimmy G String have slippery fingers, Soto? Explain that to me. Uh. We'll do it off air. When the studio opens, can we call in? So we don't, I've always wondered like how to do a call. And so we'd use StreamYard as our software. So I don't know how call-ins would work. 
like I've been saying, I, I've what I really want to do, and it's an option for you members. Um, if you're um, on the second level, I think I might. All right, I've decided. I'm going to add this. This has been a a perk for the middle membership level, but I'm going to make it one for the younger, for the smaller level. We made it so you can just film a question on your phone with an MP4 and just email it to us, and we'll use it on the show. I like that better because then we can see your face. You can do a couple takes if you want, um, that kind of thing. There's also ways where we can have you guys just come in and join. Like I think maybe another perk we should do is members can join the stream. Like we can we can email you the stream. You can come on for 30 seconds, minute, chat it up, have a question, whatever. There's that option too. Yeah, we could do that like, uh, like set up um, almost like a, like a batting order. And then we're just going to, You'll click you on and we'll click you off and see you. And the next person comes on. That's something you guys want. Like if you guys want to be part of the broadcast more than than chats, we'll find ways to do it. We're, we're open to whatever. Here's the issue that I run into. Here's the issue that I think that we both run into is we try to make this a little bit more interactive. And I think the silent majority really isn't in, in, in for that. Yeah. Uh, a lot, I mean, we talked about having guests. And we got a lot of people saying, I mean, I don't like guests. If I don't, if I want to watch him, I'll watch his show. Yeah. I want to watch you for your show. Now we still like having guests because I mean we like having guests and talking to guys. But it's it's the hardcore guys, the guys that are here all the time. That's that's definitely something for you guys. And I mean, I'm not opposed to doing it. Yeah, we're open to whatever. Um, especially you guys that are members and do a lot Boogie, of Boogie, you ain't never lie. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've always been told I got a, a voice for radio and a face for newspapers. I take it to heart. Um, I mean, we got, I mean, that's basically everything on this game. Own the Broncos for a fourth straight season. Again, it'll cost us a couple spots in the draft. I don't care. I want to tell my Bronco buddies that it's eight straight games, four straight seasons. We've been slapping our dicks on your forehead. That's worth a few spots to me. Um, lovingly, 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 gingerly. It gave it got AP to five and four. You knew the players were going to go all out for their interim head coach. So it's not like tanking or like not going a hundred percent was even an option. So if we're going to play hard, might as well get the W. And we'll have all of the next several weeks, months, whatever to go over head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator, quarterback. What's going on? What's going to happen with Josh Jacobs? What's going to happen with Devonte Adams? Um, what are we going to do at guard? What are we going to do at corner? Um, what kind of haircut are we going to see to Mark Davis this summer? What kind of girlfriend are we going to see in the owner's box moving forward? He's got the same chick. He's got the same chick for a while. I know this is a stable relationship. It's, it's so stable. Like, I think that's why he did like a little bit of a haircut. They've been together. He's so like, long. listen, bro, you need to, you got that pestle pluma thing going on. You need to kind of mm-hmm. figure that out. Uh, we've had a female guest. We had Heidi on. Heidi's badass. Heidi's on a couple times. A female guest. I'm telling my credit card company to cancel the hundred dollars for fraud. Just cash app. Just cash app us. It's right there. Just cash app us. Uh, anything else, Soto? Final, final post show. Yeah. Um, I just. Uh, it's disappointing. It's disappointing how this all worked out. Yeah. But if things fall into place. 
I think this one or two years of turmoil can lead to consistency. It's kind of like the rocking of the of the of the ship until you get your sea legs and the bearings under you, and then you're okay. Um, we seem to have the team fairly well sorted out, uh, except for the quarterback position and who coaches the quarterback, right? And uh, I think that um, although if Coach Bo would have had this type of game plan. 31 rush, rushes, 32 passes, right, for the game. If he would have had this in some of the other games, I think we would have fared a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't think he's ready yet to be a um, an, an offensive coordinator. Uh, I just um, – I'm very – I'm honestly, I'm a lot more excited for the future of the Raiders than I've been in, in, a, in a long time. Um, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't really like the Gruden hire when we got Gruden. Uh, and, uh, when we went, when we went to, um, to Josh McDaniels, instead of uh, keeping Basaccia, I kind of like brainwashed myself into like a wait and see approach. Uh, and now it's like, I mean, we see, uh, we see that there's some stability in a lot of different places of, of the team. A lot more than we've normally seen. We have a lot more stability in a lot of positions. Our hold on, this is a giant moment in Autumn Winbeck's history. Are you saying that the people that said Josh McDaniels was a bad hire are no longer haters? No. Okay, never mind. You're still soda. Uh, big things this off season. A lot of big changes. Um, when we get to 10,000 subs, that's where we're going to do some other big things as well. The studio, I know I keep teasing it. It's basically done. We just got to fine tune it. It'll be a, uh, it'll be an off season studio until we get into the new, into the actual season. Um, thank you guys for the ride so far. The best is yet to come. Until then. Knock on wood if you're with me.